Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Another episode of the podcast of Sweep of the Nation. It is One Man's Opinion, uncensored, unfiltered, uh, and usually it's just little old me. Welcome to it. Thank you for downloading, subscribing favoriting, liking, commenting. However, you've gotten a hold of this podcast. We do so appreciate each and every one of you. This podcast is going to become more and more important as the days and weeks go on as far as my forum for discussing with you because there's a lot to discuss, a lot going on in the world, and I need this podcast more than ever. Thank you for uh, understanding the lack of a last episode. This is episode 154, should have been last week, but I had no voice. When I recorded this podcast a week ago, I was sitting there, got a bit of a flu bug or a cold something. I, it took three different steroid medications. I feel like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa here to knock it out of me. And I had to do it before my NFL draft coverage uh, over the weekend. So I barely made it, but I did make it, had to sacrifice the podcast. Good Lord, I hope that doesn't happen again the rest of the year, and I hope that it won't. My name is Jeff Manns. In case this is the first time you are hearing the podcast, this this show, and everything else, you could find my work over at FantasyGuru.com. I am, yes, a part owner, and I'm the chief content officer over there at FantasyGuru.com. A lot going on over at FantasyGuru.com. Talk about that in a little bit. Follow, you could hear me. Also, every weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87, I host a little show called Elite Sports that is on the Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. As I mentioned, weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time there as well. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans, all one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. All right, folks, we got so much to get into. The voice is back. I'm feeling good, feeling powerful, and there's just a host of things I need to discuss. Okay. Uh, number one, I'm sure some of you are asking, what's going on at fantasyguru.com? What's the latest there? We're hearing some things. There's Discord. Uh, that's the social media platform, not the Discord amongst people. That's a whole different topic, maybe for this time, maybe for another time. Discord has rumors going on that there are people leaving and some uh, cutbacks happening. I'll address that in just a moment. We will get into that. I actually have quite a bit to say about the status of the fantasy sports industry as it pertains to 2023 and beyond. I'll talk about that as well. I got a lot of NFL talk to bring forward to you. I got some NBA thoughts too, in case anybody gives a damn about NBA right now, but I will talk a little bit about that. I'm on the ultimate cold streak of NBA betting right now, although feeling really good about tonight. We've got Celtics 76 Sixers. By the time you hear this, that game will already be over and I'll be back in the high life again. So I'll talk about that. Uh, I will by popular demand. I will do my draft grades, my annual draft grades. I will, Go quickly over those. Feel free to follow up with me, though. I've already discussed them in the Man's Cave Discord room at fantasyguru.com. I've also discussed them on SiriusXM uh, quite a bit this week. So I'll get to them. 
All right. But I'm also going to give you my rookie rankings. All right. My expanded. I think I got my top 50 here. We'll see how many rookies, NFL rookies and fantasy football rookies that I like going into 2023 here as well. That by popular demand that was requested of me. So I will get to that as well. So we got a long ways to go. I'll get to some baseball talk if there's time today as well so number one before i dive into it in this episode in particular this is an uncensored podcast that means i'm going to curse i'm going to say the bad naughty words i'm also on this podcast i may make jokes about race religion culture fucking politics there you go make sure the kids are out of the room make sure any sensitive ears if you're a sensitive type i understand that's your right. You're like Bobby Brown sang back in the day. It's your prerogative. I'm going to sing, by the way, also all uh, this entire episode. Hope that's okay. Um, so, you know, if you're sensitive, this isn't for you, right? Even if you like the radio show, it's probably I cut loose. I just tell it like it is, and on this show, and again. We always say we could disagree, and hopefully you guys understand that whatever is said is in the best way because it's what I believe or think at the time at least. It doesn't mean that's how you have to believe, and that's the way this show is going to be forever. So if you have to, if you're one of those people that only watch TV shows or news programs or whatever that agree with your beliefs, then <laughs> this ain't for you. This ain't for you, or oh, unless you like to get riled up. All right, so dive in. Episode 154, a lot I want to talk about. Let's start out with something uh, important. There's a lot of housekeeping to be done. Those of you who are subscribers over at fantasyguru.com know that this week uh, has been a rough one for us. We had uh, um, a couple. We have severed ties with several of our content providers over there um, over this past week. I want to say first and foremost, I'm not going to name names on the show. I don't think it's necessarily right to do that. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I don't want, I want to be courteous to those folks and everything else. And I don't want to make this, it seem like this. Here's the bottom line. This is a ever changing industry and this is an ever changing business, right? There's just no ways around it. I've done this for going on 20 years now in the industry and at every single level from the lowest low per, per somebody that they didn't even think worked at the play at a different site and company to now kind of the front man here at fantasyguru.com. Um, I will say this, the decisions that have been made were not those of mine or Rob Brink, our CEOs. These were decisions made by, believe it or not, higher powers. That is the investment company. Our investment company is the one that sort of controls the money and the payroll and all of that kind of stuff, right? And it something, you know, without airing all the dirty laundry and things like that, it was brought to our attention just a few days ago, or I guess about a week ago at this point, that, hey, um, you know, the numbers are fine, but... You know how we oh, we're a, a a wealth management company, and you know how like we are the investors and that all that for your company. Well, all of a sudden we're not going to we're not going to float you any money 
during the months of the low months, which is always during this after the baseball season, stuff like that. The business side of fantasy sports goes down tremendously between April through July uh, before the fantasy football season. Then it ramps up big time because football is king, right? That's just the way it goes. Baseball or NBA basketball is ending. Hockey's ending. Baseball's not nearly as big as it used to be. That's that's the business, right? That's what listenership is, whether it's Sirius XM, this podcast. It's Let's face it. If you're a hardcore baseball guy, you know this. If you're a hardcore football person, you know this. All of you know it. And the business is no different. And I, my dad and my oldest brother were in the grocery business their whole life. Um, my mom drove a school bus. I've been in the IT business before. I worked for the government before. There's there's no differences. Every there's always busy times and downtimes and uptimes and downtimes, and that's the way it goes. It's what the business world is. I will say we were perfectly equipped to handle it. However, our parent company decided to say uh, no. Basically, fuck you. You have to survive on your own. Which, by the way, th- this is happening across the landscape. There are a few fantasy companies that I won't say on this podcast, but a few that have gone under without anybody knowing it, a few that have had to take on emergency investment just to stay afloat that are teetering on the edge and a couple big names, some of the biggest companies, most recognizable companies in fantasy sports that one of which was literally 11th hour bankruptcy until being bailed out on the very, very cheap sold off for assets. And you you won't even know this by the front of the business or even those that are there, but it's happening behind the scenes, you know, and should we do that at fantasyguru.com? Should we be like that? Yeah, probably. But you all know me and I'm not like that. I can't shut up about it. I won't shut up about it. I'll be honest with everybody. I owe it to our subscribers and our customers and everything else the bottom line is we're not in any kind of trouble we're totally fine the difference is that the money we'd make during football season and all that isn't being forwarded to us by our parent company so we had to make some cuts in order to make sure that we're able to meet all of our bills and you guys that don't know the behind the scenes stuff like it's expensive data is so fucking expensive it's on it's insane it really is insane Data is expensive. Server space is expensive. Fucking pictures, licensing pictures nowadays. It used to be you just kind of take them off the internet. Google image. Can't do that shit anymore, man. You will get, and big time companies have gotten in serious trouble and major lawsuits for doing that. You have to be on the up and up. So all these kinds of things adds to the cost and it is what it is, right? It's the business side. It's not, it, it it's always a huge deal whenever we have to lay somebody off. I hope to bring every single person back. I don't know if they're going to be accepting of that or not, but I don't have a negative thing to say about anybody that we work with. We have one of the best teams in fantasy sports. We have the best team in fantasy sports, not one of the best. Absolute. You will not find a harder working staff, dedicated group to their customers and listeners and subscribers and the people, the members, everybody than we have at fantasyguru.com and anybody that we've had to because of this unfortunate situation let go of in the last couple uh this past week 
they're extensions of that too. They did great work. There's not anything that can be done as far as who got chosen and why I would fuck. That's the billion dollar question. That's not has anything to do with me. It wasn't my choices, not me choosing. It's I have no fucking say so, which I will say is frustrating. I, at this stage of my career, probably should have a lot more control, direct control than I do. I, my situation is this, and this is probably my own doing because as long as things are going right and everybody's happy, I'm happy. I have to throw a fit for every, every time I need to make a stand, they won't listen to a word I say until I throw a fit. When I throw a fit, most of the time I, and I wind up getting my way, but I, I hate it. I'm a 45 year old man. I hate having to go to war to make sure that things are taken care of. Right. That pisses me off. So not happy about it. Um, but I got a, lot, a great team to support and who have my undying support as well. And most importantly, our customer base and our users that count on our information and that will not change, right? Some of the names and faces it will change. Some of the designs of it will change, but not to a point that I think we're giving out an inferior product, right? So that's the most important thing to me. So um, yeah, that's, it's a sucky thing. It's a shitty thing. I hope we never have to go through something like this again. I don't think we will, but again, I've been through it, the highs and the lows, man. So I understand what a business is. I have extensive business experience for those who don't know my background or are new. I sold a company when I was 20, was I 24, 24 years, 2003, whatever fucking age, 26, I guess I was. I sold a company to GE, one of the biggest companies in the world, a tech company. That was, it's not like I got millions of dollars for it. Got a decent little payout, and I was able to uh, help my mom out after my dad had passed away a few years before that. I was able to take a nice job in the government after that and just kind of like live on that and start up, you know, me and Ted Schuster started up our Scout Fantasy Football website, and it helped fund that for a while. And, you know, that kind of money just is there. So, I've dealt with this. I've done mergers and acquisitions and been behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. So like the business side of things I get, and I don't ever know what the future is going to hold. And I don't love working for the, I like working. I'll work for anybody as long as they're a good per person, good people that have our interests at heart. Um, that has been our parent company for the last five years. They've had our, uh, health and well-being at heart. They've supported us through terrible times like pandemics and things like that. So that's why I trust them at their word. And I believe in what they say. And I see they're very transparent with me when I need to see documentation and, thing, and, and everything's good. I'll say this because I don't think they even listen. They don't give, they don't listen to my fucking podcast. They don't, they don't, they don't even know what I do. Quite honestly, I don't think they do. They know I get paid a lot. And that's what they, my problem is that it won't always be that way. I won't always be that courteous or that willing to go. I do side with my staff. I do side with my customers and my listeners and people like that. Ultimately this show and everything I do is for you guys. It really is. Um, it's the reason. It's fun. Even I'm in this terrible fucking stretch of NBA right now. Like, just a terrible stretch. I think I've lost six in a row. 
And if I'm not mistaken, I've lost 13 of my last 15 bets, I believe. 12 out of 12 out of 16. Oh, that's not as bad. 12 out of 16. Not a good stretch. Fucking bad. It's it's been bad. And it's all been the playoffs. I did really well. But what I love about it is that it's a challenge to me. It's yeah, it's a challenge. I also know that for everybody puts a shitty piece of shit emoji on my NBA bets after they lose or things like that. The moment we turn this around, we'll all be celebrating together. And I love that, that part. I love this job. I love this work. Right. And I don't love the business side of it. I don't love that part, but I love the fact that this week over at fantasy guru, we, you know, had to make some cuts and people learned of these cuts and everyone was worried, but we were able to rally the troops talk about our problems and that's why I love my wife. Anytime we have a fight and I, we just end up having a long discussion about our, what I feel and how she feels. And we, we understand each other. It's the important stuff. So I, I love that angle. And I love that every day I wake up with new opportunities to help people win and change their lives, winning seasonal daily betting, all that shit. Right. So I love the job and someday it, it may be, I think I'm done with the big business side of it though. Right. Like I think my future is going to be eventually just running the Jeff Mann's brand, Jeff Mann's mom and pop and, you know, bring it along whoever want, you know, I'm not going to be the salesman and try to, you know, go hey, make deals with all these companies and all this, you know, I'm not going to be stomping for companies I don't believe in and stuff. And I don't really do that now, very rarely, unless I'm forced to for the greater good of Sirius XM or for uh, fantasy guru or something like that. But eventually it'll just be our community, the people that get it. People listen to this podcast. You guys get it. Like I told you about, I said it at the start of the show, the cursing, talking politics or religion. Like there's a certain demographic that you guys are just going to, get appalled oh my god and clutch your pearls just because that's what life is now everybody's expected to do that but some of you are like yeah i disagree with man's on this but i don't give a fuck he's still cool oh okay guy though you are my fucking people we can get along in life because we don't have to agree on shit and we still like yeah i get it you believe in what you believe and you like what you like and i like what i like and some are similar some are differences and we just roll and that's eventually what I think I'll get to. So um, that's what's going on with the website. It's going on with the business side of things. Um, but, you know, onward and upward as far as I'm concerned. I will say this. Let me talk about this because <clears throat> here's another thing that my suspicion. I just I have an intuition and I kind of I feel things. And this, you guys can read between the lines. I think that right now, every year there's a new hot thing. It's funny. You guys know I love Christmas and I love giving gifts and providing gifts. It's one of my favorite things. And every year, my wife and I are like, man, there's nothing left to get the kids. And there's nothing left to get these people, you know, because that's kind of our thing. We love, you know, to give and and. To big Christmas morning and for the kids and all that kind of stuff and to give presents to our friends and family, um, something we were passionate about. And every year I, t I remind her the same thing. Oh, don't worry. There'll be a, there'll be a hot topic next year. 
Next year, there'll be a new hot topic, a new hot thing. The Z Cavariches. How many of you guys remember? I, mean, I don't care what age group you were, whether it was fucking Z Cavariches, Tickle Me Elmo, He-Man Dolls, Masters of the Universe, uh, um, whatever. There was always uh, Slinky, maybe for our older folks out there. There's always Pet Rock. Every year there's a hot boy or hot thing to do something new last year at this time cryptocurrency was the biggest fucking thing in the world now it's in the absolute toilet two years ago was top shot which was part of the nft crypto right it it just every year is a new thing right now it's artificial intelligence ai ai is the biggest thing in the world biggest thing in the world my our investment company doesn't think that I know this, but I do know this, that they look at all of us like, oh, we're going to replace them with AI. Oh, yeah, we're just going to replace them. Artificial intelligence. We're just going to get them to write the articles. We're going to do this. They don't think I know it. I fucking know it, dummies. Like, good God, I hate that little game we all have to play. I go, yeah, I'm not smart. I don't watch 60 Minutes either. Oh, I don't know Twitter. I'm, it's only you. You're the only one access to the Internet. But let me tell you about AI, artificial intelligence, in the fantasy sports industry. It is going to become a big thing. It is going to put a lot of people out of work, and it's going to put a lot of businesses out of work. But not for the reasons that some of you and probably our parent company thinks. AI is never going to replace the fantasy analyst. Will it replace some or even maybe Maybe more, maybe the majority, possible. You know why it's going to replace half of them or less than half of them? Because they're shit. They're bad because they're lazy. I've been, I've, I know what's going on in our industry. I know what's going on. And fuck that. Sports journalism. It's garbage. You guys listen during the NFL season, the beat writers. Who's a beat writer that ever broke a story in the last five years? Is there one? No, it's Adam fucking Schefter or Ian Rappaport or maybe it's Pelissero. That's it. They're, the, back in the day, used to the beat writer for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals report. So Carson Palmer does indeed have a torn ACL or the beat writer of the Pittsburgh Steelers reports Cordell Stewart's going to play is the new starting quarterback. The, the beat writer, the reporter, the longtime guys, think sports writers, cigar. You know why they were good and useful? They had contacts. They went to the games. They built relationships. They knew the general manager and scouting directors and, and players, and they hung out with them, and they went to the hotel bars on road trips with them. They had a relationship. Those people, just like a lot of us, have gotten real fat and lazy in our work. Sports is no different than any other industry. Whatever business all of you are in, wherever your jobs are, your careers are, it's the same thing, I'm sure. People got lazy. And I think it happened big time during the pandemic where people said, oh, I don't have to go to end to work. I don't have to show an effort. I barely have to do this and still get paid. Fuck it, I'll do that. Problem with that is then, yeah, then AI or anything, a robot, a machine, automation, it's going to take your job. You're taking jobs. 
Or my South Park people at Teacher Jobs. It's y'all, everyone's worried about it. But writing an article about fantasy sports, it, it's it's zero from an artificial. Do you guys understand what artificial intelligence is? It's a knowledge base. That's all it is. We used to call it back in the day when I was running tech companies. It was the, uh, um, well, when I briefly worked with GE uh, after my acquisition, it was the GEKB, the GE knowledge base. And all the information, if you needed to look at something, I did computer repair and all that stuff. So there was a knowledge base. And you'd go into it and search for whatever the problem was. And that was it. And you would find the answer. And... You, you know, you'd have your solution or at least a, an example of a solution. That's all artificial intelligence is. It's a search engine, essentially, with really, really good powers and really robust areas of knowledge. It's a great tool. It's going to be fantastic for us to use, right? But it's not a solution base. This is the, pro the problem with, Specifically, old people like forty and above, my age group, and I, me, my wife, I talked about us fighting out there. One thing we argue about: she thinks that Google is a is an answer engine. It's not. It's a search engine. Artificial intelligence is a search engine. It's a knowledge base. It can't perform the jobs. Thinks like human, act like human. Bullshit. I could pick my nose right now. I could put my stupid finger into the flush of boogers if I just decided to while I'm sitting here. I could say the word fuck or Mary Poppins or I could do anything the fuck I want. Hey, I can't do whatever they want. They're not human. How fucking dumb do we have to be? This is the typical hot button everybody grabs on. So that's the difference. I will say this to any fantasy analyst out there, any any writer out there, and that's the thing. It's not just fantasy. It's they are AI is writing programming code. It's writing news articles. It's writing opinion pieces based on nothing. Opinion pieces based on what? What do you? I mean, based on what they know. That's all. That's all it can do. But it can't choose to know more or can't choose to have different experiences. It, you know, that's the thing that we all control. I welcome AI into the fantasy sports industry. I cannot wait. Quite frankly, I think it's here already. Why? Because think about all the DFS players out there. Why do we win in DFS? Why do we win our subscribers at Fantasy Guru win? Why are our analysts seemingly always, how in the world have we gone from, if you remember Guru Elite, where I started, or fuck, Fantasy Alarm when I started DFS, and they told me it'll never catch on in 2012, all the way through 2023, and all it's ever been, the one constant is kind of like me and a staff of good, hardworking people. And then they, you know, certain guys blow up and they're the biggest shot in the world and greatest players. And then they think they're be better than me and better than everybody. And then they leave. 
and then they never do another fucking thing in their life. And then the next one comes up. And they, how is that possible? It's possible because I know the fucking secret. Secret is, it's not automation. It's not easiness. It's not optimizers. It's not pooling everybody on Twitter's fucking information. And that's a big problem with the industry. It's not agreeing with every fucking thing you see and read. Do you know, I just got done with NFL draft coverage. Do you know how many people claim they sit there and oh, I won't even say they claim they don't, they're not doing it even. I don't even think it's in their head right now. I don't think they're aware that they're doing it. We used to have a term when I went to journalism school called plagiarism. That was a big deal. You don't steal somebody else's work. You don't copy out of the previous work. Now that's all it is. It's fucking exclusively. Why? Because I will listen. I will read Twitter threads every now and then. I try not to, but I do. I will have shows with people. I will have guests on. I will be guests on their shows. And I will listen to them talk about an athlete. And I, I fucking here. I'm going to go to, let's see, where am I going to go? I'll go to fucking nfl.com slash draft which is like the draft tracker and they have players in here uh what comes up here picks price out here i'll i'm just going to do an exercise and they will go down strengths so um i have sat there and listened to people say you know bryce young he's very calm he's cool on the field he played in a pro style offense you know um you know he's big in the fourth quarter and uh he's you know unfazed with the pass rush they're reading off the fucking they're reading off of it and regurgitating it as if it's their own they don't know if that's true who wrote this lance zerline good good uh writer I mean, they don't know. They have no fucking idea. They haven't done any of this from scratch. This is the person. This is the chef. How many, any of your mom ever like buy a, a little Debbie cake off the rack and then like put it in a different pan and claim it's their own or something? We had a neighbor that used to do that. I remember that. Or it was uh, Marie, not Marie Calendar. I can't remember. Oh, Intimates. Intimates. That was it. Just take like an Entenmann's coffee cake. So I just made a coffee cake. It's a fucking Entenmann's. I mean, is it yours? You take credit? Fuck out of here. We used to frown upon that shit. Now it's everywhere. That is exactly what artificial intelligence will do. Artificial intelligence will write you an article. I could program in chat GPT right now. And I could, I've played with this for a while now, months. Say, give me a Bryce Young scouting report. They will regurgitate all this shit. They will regurgitate all of this shit. Do you know what they won't say? Do you know what they won't ever even fall upon or encroach? They will never say his, his uh, deep targets, 15 plus yards down the field, lose velocity approaching the target, right? They They will never say that they will never understand that he crumbled in the in the early portion of big games first half of big games right john they will never say that because other people haven't said it first 
They will never give you anything that somebody else didn't say first. Why? Because that's how they learn. That's their entire thing. Google can't tell you what flibber to gibbet, what, you know, what flibber to gibbet.com is. Do you know why? Hasn't fucking been created yet. All they do is regurgitate what's been done. Fantasy sports, betting, DFS. Do you understand what you're even doing? Your job isn't to regurgitate and to draft all the players that some AI and some draft grade concept. Again, we've had AI forever. Draft grades, lineup optimizers, recommended bets. 90% of betting content out there has already been AI generated. They don't know the edges. They only know the obvious things. They only understand the basics, what's been done, what has been done. They know what is true, which is cool. Nothing wrong with that. Where is your edge? Why would you pay for a service that does not give you an edge? Are you? I mean, I'm going to ask this question, and this actually may open some of your eyes. Do you bank at just any old bank, the closest one? You probably do. Not a good idea. Why? Because they don't fucking know about your money. They're, are they making anything of your money? Do they ever tell you, hey, you know, really should, you know, it's time for a CD again because CDs, the interest rates are up. So it's now it's not a bad time to put a little money on CD. Instead of making 0.00015 interest, you make three, four, five, six percent nowadays. Are they working with you? Are they helping you? Your investment guy, does he just hold your money? If so, he's a piece of shit. Get a better investment guy. Somebody needs to work for you. Me? What I do for a living with fantasy sports, I watch every motherfucking minute of Bryce Young's career. Every minute of it. Some some of it three, four times. I watched Israel Abanacanda. I watched fucking Tyler Scott, Cincinnati. Bryce Ford fucking Wheaton. I watched tape on him, West Virginia. I went back to high school and watched some of their films. I looked at their transcripts, what classes they took, what their grade point average is. Did they graduate? Have they graduated? How close are they to graduating? What, what their criminal history is in record? Do they have speeding tickets? Why do I do that? Because it gets an edge. Because nobody's even thinking about that stuff. Why do I always seem to uncover these weird gems that nobody talks about? Because that I do all the work, but it takes a long fucking time. AI is not going to do that for you. They are not going to see. They are not capable. They actually, it's the government. Ah. They're they're not watching tape. They have not identified that um, uh, uh, Quentin Richardson, uh, Richardson, what the fuck, Quentin Johnston, Quentin Richardson, old DePaul basketball player back in the day, baby, Chicago, Illinois, Quentin Johnston on TCU. They didn't. They don't see that he's. They see he catches ball, he drops ball. That's all they know. They don't see that he drops. Passes because he can't catch with his hands. If he can't support it with his body, helmet, shoulder, stomach, chest, if he's not body catching, he ain't catching the ball. They don't know that. They have no idea. 
And they also don't know why it's important because there's nothing, there's no quantitative stat to give you that information. They don't know that. That's the edge, motherfuckers. Don't you see? That's the edge. Don't that the whole thing is the edge. You don't want what everybody's doing. You can't stand out. You can't win a league. You can't win money. This is a competition, whether it's betting every day against the book, whether it's playing DFS, building lineups, cash games, GPP, whether it's drafting your team, making trades, roster moves, managing your roster, dynasty leagues. You need the edge. So what we want, go ahead, write a, a artificial intelligence article. Let them do it up the asshole. <laughs> Get heated. But we will continue to put in the work. I force our staff to put in the work. Do they all like it? No. Have they liked it? Have it led to me getting in them? Um, Major fights, even my business partners, former business partners, right? Has that led to to me getting issues with them? Absolutely. That's because they want the easy way out. There did some of them want the easy way out. You know, easy way out, and that's what's the future is. So, go ahead. It's just like NFTs. It, NFT is in. Non-fungible tokens and crypto, they're good. What it is is great technology that people, some fucked up weird reason thought, well, I'm going to make a lot of money based on it's now the new currency. And people taking money in crypto as opposed to actual money is the dumbest fucking thing you could have ever done. It's so dumb. Take money. Money is money. It's backed up. you got to understand why money why money is important, right? Like it's buys everything. It's backed up by the fucking government tanks and missiles and all those tax dollars that backs up, that protects your investment. Nothing backs up your board eight ape yacht club. Nothing. No, 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 sucks. Doesn't matter. So that, that's that. And all those JPEGs of bullshit and, None of it matters. The top shots. It's all worthless. It's all worthless. It's all just another, I call them scams, but you can call them hot, hot topics and um, just all the, the pop culture nonsense. So that is that that's where I'm at. And, like I, I welcome in AI into our industry. It's already been here again. There's so many people that cheat the system. I've dealt, I've had plagiarizers before it companies I've been at. I, I mean, I've caught people red handed. I've had fire people red handed because of it. And uh, those people don't last. And plus they're not helping you win. So it doesn't matter. Those who help you win, have long track records are out in front of everything. You'll be fine. Those people take care of you forever. I welcome it, and I'll kick the ever-loving shit. Go ahead and do a million AI articles. I will beat the fuck out of them. It's going to be the easiest fucking money I ever made. All right. There you go. Um, NFL draft grades, everybody. We'll go through that. I will go through my rankings. How about that? 
I will do the grade, letter grade, but also just in general. I had the Eagles one, Seattle Seahawks two, both A-pluses. Phenomenal jobs by both. Houston Texans helps when you get two out of the first three picks in the draft, and you've got arguably the best offensive player, best quarterback in the draft, C.J. Stroud, and the best defense player, Will Anderson. That'll that'll work, right? A couple other players that should be starters. They were third in my rankings, another A. Pittsburgh Steelers did a good job. Fourth overall, they get an A. Fifth was the Cincinnati Bengals. A minus for the Bengals. Good draft. Very, very good draft. I don't know if there's a – they filled the holes. They patched needs. That's all a team like Cincinnati needs to do these days. I like the DJ Turner pick a lot. Miles Murphy, I'm not as high on as they were. I had a low second round grade on him, but for what it's worth, uh, gave them an A minus there. The final A was the LA Rams. I thought the Rams did a marvelous job. The Rams did a tremendous job without a first round pick. That Steve Avila pick was huge, necessary, one of the best interior linemen in this draft. Uh, I, you know, Stetson Ben, I don't give a shit about, but Warren McClendon, another very important University of Georgia fifth round offensive tackle that they needed. I love Puka Nakoa from BYU. I thought that was a very sharp and edgy pick. And Zach Evans, I'll give my rookie rankings here in a moment. Zach Evans is the starting running back for the LA Rams in 2023. Zach Evans is going to be a better fantasy producer than Cam Akers. And that was their six-round pick. So Rams get an A for me. They were sixth um, in my overall rankings. B-pluses, I had the Giants and Jets back-to-back. Thought they both did good jobs. Loved Jalen Hyatt on the Giants. The Jets just got more offensive line help, which is very important. Their skill position pe- players are pretty much set up, although Israel Abanakanda is phenomenal. Big play running back that if Brees Hall misses any time, man, about a can going to be fan-freaking-tastic. The Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are just the team I, I identify with. I'm going to identify as the Atlanta Falcons as a person now. Everybody could identify as whatever they want, so I'm going to just be the Atlanta Falcons. I know what I am. I know what I'm about, and that's all I care about. And Falcons... Nothing massive, although I'll say B. John Robinson could be one of the biggest game changers uh, of the entire draft. Of course, we all know he was the best prospect in this draft. Full on, all round. Now, the position, you don't draft them first round. I get it. But if you're the Falcons, you do. So him and Bergeron, those are two perfectly on brand players and choices for the Atlanta Falcons. So they were ninth. The Chicago Bears were 10th. I bitched and complained. I called them cuckolds on the SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio broadcast of the draft because they were. I thought it was a pussy move to move down from number nine to 10 just so you didn't have to draft Jalen Carter. They completely got cucked by the Philadelphia Eagles. Having said that, Darnell Wright is a really good player in a position of need. Gervon Dexter was a good value at 53 overall. Even though they drafted Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, and those two players combined equals one Jalen Carter. That's annoying to me. Rosan Johnson is a great pick. I thought Tyler Scott was a very intriguing player. 10 of his 14 touchdowns, Tyler Scott went for 30 or more yards. 
He's got sprinter type speed. Justin Fields loves the deep ball. It's a good fit. Noah Sewell, he is not Roquan Smith, but he is a poor man's Roquan Smith in the fifth round. Bears had a good draft. I just wish they weren't fucking cucks. That's what I wish. Uh, they were 10th. Patriots, 11th. I got asked on Twitter several times. I never really got into the Patriots. I'm trying not to get into every team because I do want to get to my rankings here. Christian Gonzalez was one of the best, if not the single best pickup in the entire draft. I hated the Chad Ryland kicker pick. Jake Andrews, very good interior lineman. Antonio Maffi from UCLA, another good interior lineman. Sort of sewed that up. They got an edge rusher, the Kean White, who, if he was on another scheme or scheme team or scheme, I wouldn't really like him much. He's very, very raw, very one dimensional. However, Bill Belichick with those kind of measurables, you're talking about six foot five, 34 inch arms, 280 pounds. Like the, the, <laughs> Belichick is going to make Keon White an all-pro. And Christian Gonzalez could not have found a better team to go to. So I thought the Patriots did a quality job at 11. 12th best draft this year went to the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they took – it's a big upside play with Anthony Richardson, but a quality draft throughout there as well. 13th on my board – was oh, flip my page Cleveland Browns had a good draft B minus for me as far as the grade is concerned I love Cedric Tillman but I wish he would have landed in a better place he did not unfortunate for fantasy football purposes the Raiders another B minus they were 14th on my board the New Orleans Saints were 15th on my board also a B a B minus. It sounded like I was saying A B minus right there. Uh, middle of the pack C pluses were the Detroit Lions. Detroit, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is a good player. Maybe even great. He'll probably be very good in this offense, but it was a it was a shit pick. Should have stayed at six and took Tyree Wilson. Like that. I don't know why you take a slight upgrade or a more healthy DeAndre Swift. It was unconscionable to me. I thought the Lions really, really screwed themselves up. Having said that, a couple great picks. Jack Campbell's going to be a hell of a Mike linebacker for them for quite a while. So they get a C plus. It could have been so much better, man. Could have been beautiful. They decided not to do it. Tennessee Titans, they actually had a good draft. Tennessee's going to be one of the worst teams in the league next year, but a C plus 17th out of them. Green Bay Packers, 18th, also a C plus. On my board, the Arizona Cardinals, I didn't like much of the Cardinals. I could have probably made this a lower grade. They did get quality players. Paris Johnson and B.J. Ojolari, the top of their draft, were very good. Uh, Paris, Johnson's, Paris Johnson is a franchise left tackle. So, okay. Uh, did they need to draft Michael Wilson from Stanford? Absolutely not. I don't really understand what that was. Garrett Williams and Kyrell Clark. Corners, did it really address their need? I'm not sure. Clayton Toon, I, I don't hate drafting a quarterback, but that was an off-brand pick. So very up-and-down draft. That's why they're in the middle of the pack with a uh, a C grade for me. Jacksonville Jaguars also get a C. The Kansas City Chiefs get a C. Some good, some bad for the Chiefs. I love Rasheed Rice. You'll hear about 
more on that in a minute. The C minuses for me, Tampa Bay Buccaneers get a C minus. Filled some needs, but not adequate, not nearly adequately enough. The Buffalo Bills, I don't know why you took a tight end. Oh, what the fuck? That was their C minus. That's 23 overall um, for me. 24 overall Washington Commanders. They are actually my first, my highest D. So D plus for the Commanders at 24. 25 was the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I thought the Panthers did okay. Um, Listen, the, the Panthers took their own quarterback. Mingo, I kind of like that. Zavala, not bad. I just think it all came down to they took the wrong quarterback, and they only had five picks in the entire draft. So they could have had C.J. Stroud or even Anthony Richardson. And they went with Bryce Young, the safe play. I hope it works out for them, but I can't support that any higher than 25th. The Chargers, 26th, also got a D. Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston could have he went to the best possible spot in the world. That's a great landing spot. However, he is a he is a body catcher. He's going to have to learn to catch with his hands. Can he do it? It's possible, but there's no film. There's nothing anybody could say that says he can do it cuz we it has not been seen yet. And that is a problem. So Chargers 26th overall 27th Denver Broncos uh, 28th on the list, uh, lost my place, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I don't know. I have not, I didn't agree with last year and they did all right in the draft. I just don't like some of these picks from the Dallas Cowboys. 29th, Minnesota Vikings. Hey, my F's. The F's go to Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Jordan Addison, way, they drafted him way over what they should have. I think he'll be okay because he's going to be in single coverage outside, you know, of uh, Justin Jefferson. But he's a punt returner, right? He's not a true wide receiver. Small hands, small arms, great run after the catch, but he's going to wind up being Jalen Rieger, right? Maybe a little bit better. That's the hope. Ugh. No, thank you. So they are 29, 30th, Baltimore Ravens. Up up and down a terrible draft. Just god-awful. My two worst drafts of the entire 2023 NFL draft, Miami Dolphins, they just didn't have any picks. So it's not really the Dolphins' fault. And not the 49ers. They also didn't have any picks, or many picks, I should say. And I don't know what they were doing drafting a kicker uh, of tight end that didn't fit their scheme. Um they actually had, you know, a bunch of picks, late round picks, and I don't think there's Jay uh, Jair Brown, good safety, solid pick. They'll give the kicker job to Jake Moody. Even blah. I don't know if there's one other player that sticks on the roster that the 49ers took. So there you go. Those are my draft grades. We got time. Let's dive into it by popular demi- demand. These are all over at FantasyGuru.com get to as many as I possibly can here. The number one player without any doubt, this is dynasty fantasy football rankings. We can also call them rookie fantasy football rankings. Now don't have to talk about prospects because it's where these guys have actually wound up. My rankings cannot be duplicated by artificial intelligence because nobody's going to do it. The first one can anybody, I, my robot bully, 
You are a bitch. You are a little whiny bitch. Robot Bully, Petnet, Jeff Mance, 2023. B. John Robinson, number one. It's not even close. I told somebody on SiriusXM the other day that they should trade their entire draft for it. If you could trade every one of your dynasty picks, every pick in your draft, Jeff, I've got seven or I've got nine picks in six rounds. Yeah, trade them all for Bijan. That 1.1 is the most valuable pick there is. It's more than a 1.1 in redraft <laughs> this year. Bijan Robinson's the second. And maybe I have him currently as the number three overall player in my latest rankings behind Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. He is the number one running back starting this year ahead of Christian McCaffrey and probably should just be the number one overall in general, especially running back heavy. So he's number one. Everybody else is up for grabs. There's not another sure thing here. Jameer Gibbs is my number two. They traded DeAndre Swift away and they made there. It, it's such a bad pick and this is okay. Again, artificial intelligence can't tell us this is the lions made such a bad pick that they will have to overcompensate. They're going to have to force Jameer Gibbs the ball in order to justify what they've done. People are stone cold laughing at them. Not Twitter, because Twitter's a bunch of numb skulls anyway. But around the league, they're laughing at him. That's that's a bad pick when you had Swift. Swift, if you keep the Andre Swift and Jameer Gibbs, right? If that, if you go with that combination over, um, or I'm sorry, did I say Jameer Gibbs? I'm at the Andre Swift or Tyree Wilson, or. Uh, Jameer Gibbs and I don't they didn't get another edge rusher. I don't even know who the fuck. I mean, Broderick Martin. I mean, what a what a who the fuck? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, I'll take Swift and Tyree Wilson over Jameer Gibbs and Broderick Martin. Like, yeah, I'll, that's an easy fucking go. It's stupid, but he's the number two dynasty. Pick and I, I don't think it's that close. At, at number three, I'm going to be different than everybody, and I'm going to be the first one to say it. It's fine, and maybe this one will go down in flames. But remember, last year uh, I won the King's Classic Auction League draft. Last year, I got the championship belt. Thank you to my guy Bob Long for sending me that uh, out that championship belt that I so richly won <laughs> last year, and I did it because. People, uh, uh, Trey Lance at quarterback went for 16 or $17. Can't remember what it was. Quarterbacks are going. And Patrick Mahomes bidding came up, and I bid $10, and everyone, it was crickets. So I just got a $10 Patrick Mahomes. He was like fourth or fifth highest quarterback. And it's like, wow. Number one, why I love auctions. But also, people didn't believe in it. And now they all believe in Mahomes. But they're not believing in any of the wide receivers. They think, oh, it's just going to be – everybody just thinks it's going to be the exact same as it was the year before. And that's why they couldn't see how Mahomes could possibly do well without Tyreek Hill. The same people, the same artif- artificial idiots, right? Maybe that's the new AI, artificial idiots. Perfect. Oh, wow, that's perfect. A patented Jeff Mance, 2023. 
artificial idiots that say, can you tell I got a chip on my shoulder, by the way, um, that said Mahomes wouldn't produce without Tyree Kill are still saying, and now they're saying Patrick Mahomes will uh, spread it around and no wide receiver will pop. Well, go ahead, fuck tards, because I'm drafting Rasheed Rice third in Dynasty. He's my third best rookie. I love this dude. I pro- The only prospect that I loved coming out that I thought was being underrated and he went to the best possible spot ever. You can stick Justin Ross, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling up your ass because Rasheed Rice is the number one in my opinion. And well, it may take a little bit. I waited forever for Mecole Hardman. It didn't pan out. Mecole Hardman didn't pan out for me, and I still saw the fruits of that investment. And if you're going to give me Rasheed Rice at like the second round of a dynasty, I'm taking him. But he shouldn't go that far because he's the third best. Okay. Anthony Richardson. I am fourth. I have him fourth. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a star. But it's like Rashid Wright. My opinion, there with you have to balance. There's so this is where the gamesmanship comes into fantasy sports. When you get to a point where there's no sure things, Bijan sure things, Jameer Gibbs, we know will produce after that, it's completely we're it's all speculative. So you might as well swing for the highest possible upside and then move back down. And then it comes, then the risk comes down. Cause as long as these guys like Rushy Rice, second round pick, um, CJ Stroud, first or, or I'm sorry, Anthony Richardson, first round pick. Once you get down there, those are high investments. The team will try to force it into an upside. The payoff is massive. After that, you start coming back down to later round guys or, uh, more safe and secure guys. So Rasheed Rice, three. Anthony Richardson, four. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Seattle, five. I didn't love in Jigba where he, I didn't love him going to Seattle, right? I, on draft night. I've had to warm up to this and what really hyped me up on it. Obviously, he's a good receiver. He needs to play inside, which I said from the get go. He's going to do that in Seattle. And there is absolutely no double coverage coming his way, right? None. They play three wide receiver sets. DK Metcalf's got to have that safety attention. Tyler Lockett has proven to be an elusive route runner and a big play guy at that. You're going to see one-on-one JSN quite a bit. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, and Tyler Lockett's not long for the world either. So, like, or not long for the Seahawks. So, uh, JSN, my number five. Six is Quentin Johnston. I wasn't prepared to rank him this high, but <laughs> we know the upside is high. He's a massive target. He's got great speed, amazing run after the catchability. The cat, but his actual catchability is the problem. Well, he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. When a player like Rasheed Rice is going to spend his career, at least the beginning, first five years, with Patrick Mahomes, and Quentin Johnston, all-world type of prospect, is going to spend his first four or five years with Justin Herbert, that's really good for dynasty purposes. So Johnston, six. Zach Charbonnet, seven. I, 
I think there's a good chance. Like I like Kenneth Walker coming out and I was dead right about this last year. I think Charbonnet may be better and a better three down back. It's he's bigger. I think he's more durable too. And we saw some, so I'm going to take that shot on Charbonnet in a run heavy offense, even if for a year he has to completely split with Walker or even be sort of his backup. I think Charbonnet eventually takes that job longer term, and I'm willing to invest the first round dynasty rookie draft pick in him. Jalen Hyatt, eight, New York Giants. He is the Gabe Davis of the New York Giants offense from Brian DeBowell's time in Buffalo. Big play guy. He, he's not going to be consistent, but Jalen Hyatt is that bi-week replacement in 2023 and probably beyond where you're very happy because he's going to hit fucking Pater. He's going to hit that 40-yard touchdown that we'll all have wanted. C.J. Stroud is number nine. Now here's where I, you know, that's a lot of the upside. Charbonnet, Hyatt. Now I'm back with Stroud. Very safe, very sound. Houston's building something there. Got some weapons. The offensive line is great. He was the best quarterback in this class. Now's about the time, right around that pick nine is where you go to him. Jordan Addison, 10. I don't love him, but we know he's supposed to, he was drafted to be the number two in Minnesota, and the single coverage will be there with Jefferson on the outside. Israel Abanacanda, Jets running back. Yep, I'm back on the upside swing at 11. I absolutely love that dude. And Kendry Miller for the Saints. Don't sleep on Kendry Miller, y'all. I think you're missing it a little bit. Kendrick Miller was good. Go watch some of those TCU games. Go watch the college football playoff. Like, man, they would just be getting fucked around on offense. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know how many times I, I don't have this metric in front of me and I should, I should have prepared for it going into the draft, but it just clicked in my head for whatever reason. But Kendrick Miller is that guy that we're, um, I saw over and over again where it would be freaking um, third and eight, third and 11. And they kind of gave up on the drive. Max Dugan would give up the quarterback would give up on the drive and they just do a draw play and Miller would fight, break two tackles and run over a linebacker and pick up the first down like that shit. This dude pretty good and Mickey Loomis don't miss the general manager of the saints. He was drafted early in the third uh, higher than most people think he's a true three down guy. Camara's missing at least six games, if not more And Jamal Williams is old as dirt. You may have to wait a year, but Camara and Williams could both be gone. This could be 100%. Kendra Miller's backfield in 2024. Speaking of which, that's those. So those are my top 12. All right. Um, I guess I'll get into a couple more for you. I have Zach Evans down on the farm. Zach Evans, who the fuck is he? He's a fifth round pick from the Rams. I mentioned him before. Told you guys that I really love. I think that he is the starting running back of the Rams. I'll say it week one. I don't even think we get, I don't even think Cam Akers gets to week one. It'll be a split maybe early on. And I, it's not because I love Zach Evans or thought he was an unbelievable, but he was a very high guy. And so yeah, TCU, another guy went to TCU, top recruit. He was incredibly 
productive in college. He's got the all the physical makeup and the speed of a running back, uh, NFL level running back. Because of the passing game and Sean McVay, he's got the home run hitter capability that Cam Akers came into the league with that Cam Akers does not have any longer due to the Achilles tear, right? So he's got some real, real pathway here for Zach Evans. And I think that he's going to be the best back of the Rams starting this year. I got him 13th. Bryce Young, 14th. I've talked about him. Cedric Tillman of the Browns, 15th. Tillman, I don't think he has a path this year, but both Cooper and DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, do have outs in their contract after this year. I love the talent. I said it from the get-go. Cedric Tillman was the best receiver in this class. So I'll take a shot on him at this point. Chase Brown in Cincinnati could be the heir apparent. He's definitely the handcuff right now to Joe Mixon, likely the heir apparent to him. Josh Downs in Indianapolis, 17th. Zay Flowers, 18th. I don't like Zay Flowers in Baltimore at all. I'll take a shot at 18. Jonathan Mingo, physical specimen. Jonathan Mingo. But is Bryce Young tall enough to find the Mingo 8 yo baby? He is my number 19. And then Tank Bigsby in Jacksonville, ETN's a constant injury risk. So he would be number 20. Want more? Got my top 50 ready for you over at fantasyguru.com. Get that VIP platinum package, everybody. Spend the year with the mafia. Ain't no artificial intelligence over here, motherfuckers. We have the edges. Get VIP platinum. It's still 50% off. Email support at fantasyguru.com. Tell a man sent you 50% off the price. If you're a new subscriber right off the top, if you're an existing subscriber, they will credit you what you've paid so far and give you 50% off the upgrade fee. So it's really a minimal charge on that to get up. And that way you don't have to worry about any of the new tools. Fucking, I know, I'm sure we'll be rolling out AI tools. I'm sure of it. People are already, already at work. If you like that sort of thing, optimizers, new content ideas, new shows, new podcasts, live streams, everything that we have, draft guides, it's all there. It's all for VIP Platinum members. So get over there, fantasyguru.com, and get it. That's going to do it. Let's put a, an end to this one. Episode 154 in the books. Been a great time talking with you guys. Man, of all the things in my life that I cannot go through, losing my voice would be the worst. You could take my legs and arms, obviously my looks, because I don't, I look like a, a piece of shit and all that. But man, I can't lose my voice. I love talking with you guys. I love discussing sports, fantasy sports and betting and DFS. It's just what I love to do. So there you go. Uh, again, support us at fantasyguru.com. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans. It's all one word everywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. We'll always be fighting for you guys out there. Thank you for supporting our work. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Tell a friend. I mean, spread the word on the podcast. It, it really will help. This stuff does matter. It is what investors and everybody else looks at so if you want more and this is the best way is to get our numbers up right i don't get paid for the podcast there's no like money i don't get anything i'm just doing it because i like doing it and i like a forum where i could curse and talk real and 
be as provocative or as boring as I like. So um, definitely appreciate each and every one of you. Episode 154 in the books, you may agree or you probably disagree with some or every single freaking thing that you heard on this show. And folks, you know, it's perfectly all right. Why is it all right? It's just one man's opinion. It's fine. We could disagree. Till next time, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for tuning in. Deuces!